I'm Samspiri, a Dutch psychologist and healthcare entrepreneur. In the past few years, I became inspired by Buurtzorg, a Dutch healthcare organization based on just a few basic principles. These principles translate into highly effective and sufficient care. I traveled to the south of France to speak with Thijs de Blok of Buurtzorg International. This is the principles of Buurtzorg. Welcome to the podcast. Okay, so the transformation. What do you mean by the by the transformation? What is it? Um, well, Buurtzorg in the Netherlands started from scratch as a self-organized uh, organization. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of organizations that would like to adjust to the principles and to our way of working. So it needs a transformation to be able to do so. And yeah, also within Buto International, we help a lot mm-hmm. to support that transformation and to guide people during this transformation on what is important, during what step, and what to do when, and what things you can better save for a later moment. All right, and so... What are the barriers for organizations to in this transformation? Um, some of the barriers are the as, as mentioned in earlier episodes, the HR departments, the managers, the hierarchical structures. How do we listen to the care professionals in this or in any other business, the grassroots staff? Mm-hmm. How do we listen to our people? Because they're often very used to not listening to the people that do the actual work. They, they come from assumptions, what's good for them or how they should be acting. And it's also difficult for the people that never listened to before. <laughs> yeah. If suddenly... They u- yeah, they used to not be listened to. They used to not be taken yeah. serious. Yeah. And suddenly you're expected to be self-managed and suddenly people are listening to Think you. of your own, yeah. Yeah. Then, and then it feels like pressure. So the pushback from that, and we see it in, 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 in a lot of countries, that people get quite nervous about this idea of self-management. So the, the idea is then to train on, on certain principles, the team roles, how do how to fill in this role, um, how do I connect with the principles behind the whole system of boots or how, but what stays the same is the connection between the client and the care provider. It often gets better and that feels natural. Yeah. So you start from the same point and you build yourself back up again. And that's often what, what, what is quite easy, but it's the people in an organization that not directly are related to the care. Uh, that have the biggest problem with the transition because they lose their expertise. The managers who are trained as managers yeah. lose their expertise of work. So it's um, and it can often take quite a while. But some smaller organization. And it also depends on the size of the organization. Is it easier in smaller organizations? It's easy to get everybody in convinced of the importance. Yeah. So if if there's a few people within an organization or within a system that don't understand or are not convinced by the importance of self-management, 
then it becomes difficult because they will start working against these ideas. And when it's a small group of people that are all convinced that they want to fight for this and want to make it happen, then it's quite easy. Yeah. But you also have to look for what reasons are they convinced. So in, in Buta in the Netherlands, we have uh, quite a large cost saving uh, compared to traditional yeah. healthcare providers. So there's a lot of international organizations interested because it's a lot cheaper. Because it's money. So it yeah. would increase profit. Yeah. And that's the wrong motivation. Yeah. So it, it takes a risk to, to start with it. And then if the risk gets bigger, so the longer there is less money coming in because you are working through a transition. So people need to be educated. It takes the, time. It takes right? time. Yeah. People in, in, to get aligned with your colleagues at the start, you need a couple more meetings maybe than in a later stage because you're still getting to know each other. As, um, as the people you work with in a self-managed way, not when there's a manager in between, because then there's no real need to have that close connection with each other, because there's someone doing that for you, at least tries to do it for you. So these are all things that that are new, and if if the financial impulse is the only motivation, then it becomes very difficult. So the financial savings is a result of doing the right things. Yeah. Taking um, good care. Taking people, good yeah. care. And, and and also taking each other's expertises and each other's competence serious. So that's part of the transition. The other part of the transition is, of course, the culture around mm. the self-managed way of working. And that takes longer. People are sort of indoctrinated for years and years to fit in a system that is a hierarchical pyramid. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they've been told or asked or decided to let go of this pyramid. But if you're used to that for your entire working life and suddenly you're letting go and when things get difficult, it's automatic that you grip back to what you know from before. Yeah. Whether it's, it's, it's like it's behavioral, right? Yeah. It's behavioral. So whether it's financial or cultural, you grab back to the things that you used to know used from before. To, yeah. So to create that culture um, around the transformation takes quite a while. And I have quite a good example about this. A couple of years ago, we had a, a project in, uh, in the UK. And we were speaking with the people that were going to do the project and... Uh, get the name of the person who was but they said we had we have the best people and a great idea we found we found 10 best leaders within our traditional organization mm-hmm. and they are going to start the transformation of the self-management and they will start a team because they are the best and they believe in self-management and within weeks they all had conflicts with each other because they all had their own very driven, very well-funded idea of what self-management looks like. But they were all a bit different from each other. And they all thought that they were right. So if in the transformation you need all the aspects of persons that have, uh, also in normal daily life and non-working life, you need those individual characters to be successful. If you just have the same person, especially 
people with a very clear attitude and a very direct way of communicating with each mm. other, then it will create problems. Yeah. So you have to create a balance of people that can contribute something to the teams and will make it successful. So how how do you help those companies to create that? By informing, by saying, depends also on, on who you ask or who you tell. Um, the sea level, the top of the hierarchical pyramid, you mainly tell them to take time, be patient, it will work. It's proven. <laughs> We do it. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> yeah. um, and the, the care professionals to say to uh, stand up for themselves and to try to not grip back to old habits of depending on a manager. If you, if, if you want to make a decision yourself and you want to work in a self-managed way, you'd also want to do it when it doesn't suit you at that moment, when a decision is difficult and you rather have someone else to make the decision for you, then that person is not there and you still have to do it. And those are the tricky moments when it comes yeah, down to determination, teamwork uh, and, and, and consensus within the team on how to move forward. And also to respect each other. So if someone has a different opinion... To not just go in against that opinion, but to see where does the opinion stem from. And to understand. And how do I connect with this and how can we still work together as colleagues? Uh, also during COVID, there's a lot of people uh, in, 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 in everyday life, but also within Bootsor and also within Bootsor related companies that... Uh, for some reason, didn't want to get vaccinated. Yeah. And you saw in, 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 in society, you saw a big divide between mm -hmm. people that were pro and con vaccination. And I've spoken to a lot of Bootsor teams that had people with both opinions in that team, but it never led to a conflict because the base principle was to respect each other and to understand each other's point and to not judge on why this person wants to do something. So as long as you don't force people from either side to do something that they don't feel comfortable with, then it will be relaxed. And of course, if then a colleague ever would go too far and they would try to convince clients or family of clients to move one way or another, that's not our role. So then you could have a discussion about it. But if I see the fragmentation in Society compared to the fragmentation in Bootsor, it's yeah. a completely different world. So I think the society could learn a lot from how a Bootsor team moves and behaves. It's really a culture. It's, it's really, really a culture. A, it's own culture. You spend mm -hmm. often in you spend a lot more time with your colleagues than with your family. Yeah. In daily life. Well, since it's a culture, is it? Is this? Transformation differs in, in in different countries. Do you see a lot of differences? The mm. agility to adapt to principles that are connected to the Bootsor way of working is, is, is very different. Some aspects are easier in some countries and some other aspects are easier in other parts of the world. So, yeah, 
it's and sometimes it's not needed to adapt at all. Sometimes it's it's embedded in the culture already. Yeah. So uh, to think if um, the basic principle of helping each other, if you look at, for example, Buddhism, mm-hmm. is really embedded in that culture already. Yeah. So you don't need to explain it. You don't need to elaborate too much on how do we help and how do we take care of each other. But then to run a good business model <laughs> is something completely different. <laughs> yeah. So you need to, and, and that's what we try to do, is is where where is the help needed? And that's also what the nurses in Buto, Netherlands, do with, with the, the clients. clients. Yeah. Where do you need the help? And not just without asking, start helping this is how we do with it. things, yeah. because that's how it should be done. But those principles go also through how we support the transformation. Do you think every organization is capable to work with the Buurtzorg principles? Every organization may be difficult and also difficult to prove. (laughs) Uh, I think a lot of organizations could take lessons from how the Buurtzorg principles uh, affect the ownership, leadership, entrepreneurship within uh, a traditional organization. So it's uh, the, the question is if, if, if every should organization wants to. So the person who decides maybe not want to for one reason or another. But what I think will happen is that in, in, in due course, because of uh, the, the time we've been working with self-management, we've, I've seen a big change of, by amount of people and amount of organizations that are interested in this way of working. Mm-hmm. We, 15 years ago we were pioneering and people thought it was a silly idea and now most large corporates they have a transformation program or a sustainability leader or all these names within their organization sometimes it's done from from a true aspect but also sometimes it's done from a marketing perspective look at us we have this innovative yeah. because we have someone employed for this um, but I think that the organizations that don't move with this movement in a couple of years, they will be replaced or overshadowed by organizations that do do it yeah. in all different shapes and forms. See it in clothing industry a lot. People yeah. tend to care a lot more where their clothes come from. Uh, if you look at, for example, companies like Patagonia, yeah, in the yeah. past couple of years very popular people that um, would like to drive electric cars now instead of non-electric cars so people are more aware of that if you go to a supermarket and see the variety of meat replacements and vegetarian <laughs> yes, food it's all the same. so it's a transition everywhere and I think Rootsor is One still ahead <laughs> Yeah. For the moment. And I would love to see it one day that we are the norm. That's the goal. It would be wonderful. If that'd it be happens. great. Yeah, that's the goal. I think so, yeah. If that's the norm. Yeah. If self management would be the norm for everybody to work in for everything. In a, yeah. So autonomy and Autonomy, trust. Being good to the world. Yes. Great. We are the last episode, Thais. We are. It's we coming are. to an end. Yeah, it's coming to an end. 
could talk for hours more. Yeah. Oh, I think you can. Maybe season two. I would be glad to make it. Some new principles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have double. We have the double amount of principles now. <laughs> we have to come up with more principles <laughs> to keep the podcast going. It's not going. enough. Yeah, we tried, but. <laughs> but the last one is the well, the philosophy behind Birdsorg and the theory. 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 The philosophy and the theory behind Buurtorg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a def- definitely an overlap between the philosophy and then the theory and then the practice. If you liked listening to this podcast, follow me on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or brilliant ideas, feel free to mail to podcast.buurtzorg.com and we will answer you right away. See you in the next episode.